Hi everyone, this is Brian Reisman, host of Side Jams, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'd like to thank Pantheon sponsors AKG for the support of this podcast. Be sure to keep up with my show on Facebook, Instagram, or through my Brian Reisman account on Twitter. This is the second anniversary of Side Jams, and I have plenty of exciting interviews coming up. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Adrian Smith, and you listen to Side Jams with Brian Reisman. Skillful guitarist and soulful singer Richie Kotzen has a prolific career. He first came to the attention of mainstream audiences by playing with Poison and then Mr. Big in the 1990s. And since 1989, he has released 21 solo albums. He's a member of the Winery Dogs with bassist Billy Sheehan and drummer Mike Portnoy. And he's recorded jazz fusion albums with the likes of Greg Howe, Stanley Clark, and Lenny White. Then there's the new Smith Kotzen project with fellow vocalist and Iron Maiden guitarist Adrian Smith. Their self-titled debut album is a bluesy hard rock affair that meshes their harmonious playing and singing styles into a potent sonic cocktail. Good tunes to start off with are the anthemic tracks Running and Taking My Chances. It might seem, given all of these different musical forays, that Richie does not have a lot of time for outside activities, but for episode 49 of Side Jams, we discussed his interest in gardening, landscaping, and home improvements, along with a more recent passion for poker. While music is his main outlet, Richie likes to channel his creativity into other areas as well, which is something he credits to his father's influence. His different hobbies certainly made great fodder for an engaging conversation. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat. Yeah, my pleasure. We actually spoke, I think it was eight years ago, for Winery Dogs for Grammy.com. The Winery Dogs. Yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was a hot minute. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was that now? What year was that? 2013. What, that? Now that's, ain't that something? That's the beginning of the band. And you know, it's funny. I remember I had just started dating my wife around that time. Because I remember she was up from Brazil. And she used to come back and forth. And one of these times she was staying with me. And it was when I had one of the first meetings with Billy and Mike. Isn't that something? How time just flies. Wow. It's crazy, man. I mean, even though this pandemic has driven me up a wall, it's actually flown by for me because I have so many things going on. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this sucks. But at the same time, I always have something to do. <laughs> so I know. You know, it's funny. The thing about this and the thing about this that's interesting is I had four continents worth of shows booked because on February wow. 3rd, I released a solo album and I was planning on touring that album. And we had Europe, uh, United States. Japan, South America, and it all came down. And now here's what's, I guess, ironic or whatever you want to call it. But I didn't miss the road not once during this entire 2020 that I say, gee, I, I'd love to get out and do a show. I think what happened to me, I needed a break. And I didn't, I mean, yeah. obviously, we didn't want this kind of chaos, but I'm trying to find a silver lining here. And I think for me, I, I think I needed a break from touring. I, I needed a solid year yeah. home, you know, deal with my property here, you know, be here with my wife. And and uh, I just needed a, needed a year off. So now I'm starting to get that feeling again. Okay, okay and I want to get up there. I want to get out there at Adrian and play some shows with this new music that we made. And, yeah. you know, so we'll see. Well, you know, it's interesting. You guys were, you just finished recording your album right before this happened. You were, it was, it was the islands with Turks and Caicos. Is that how you pronounce it? 
Yeah, it is. And we finished the record and we planned because of what I just said with all the touring that was booked and obviously Iron Maiden had um, had dates. We planned releasing it, you know, in March so that that stayed. Thankfully, you know, we kept our release date. Yeah. But the other part that went away is in April, we wanted to be out playing live. So, you know, obviously can't do that. But, uh, you know, we're going to get together, Adrian and I, at some point in the near future and see what we can put together, at least feel it out, see how we sound. And then from there, you know, talk to management and find out, you know, if we can start looking at the idea of booking, you know, you don't want to jump on booking something and then they have to take it down again. So we almost have yeah. to wait and see how things pan out. But the idea is to get out and play for sure. This style of music is something you're very comfortable with. You have that bluesy and sometimes R&B inflected and hard rock. And it's always, you have always have very sincere performances. And Adrian, of course, is known for like classic British metal. Right. <laughs> so it's interesting the fact that your guitar styles and your vocal styles actually blend well together. Yeah, and you know, I, I knew they would because for years I would go over to Adrian's house when he was in town and they would have these holiday get-together parties and everybody would always end up in the music room jamming. And so I knew right away that he could sing. I knew that he sang in a very soulful way that I like. I knew that he was a great blues guitar player. And I also knew that he you know, was a fan of a lot of the same kinds of bands that I that I like. So going in, I, I knew, you know, that we were going to blend well, but it wasn't really until you know, we did that first song. I think the first one that we finished was running. Oh. I'm like, this is kicking. So, but when, when the next one was scars. And after I listened to that a few times, that's when it hit me. It's like, man, we, you guys are really onto something kind of special. You know, you have a nice vibe the way you know you're complimenting each other musically and then the other thing that hit me was like wow i don't think i've ever worked on anything that was this easy you know it's just kind of it's mm. kind of happened you know so that's that's all good stuff i think my two favorite tracks are some people and solar fire mm. i'll tell you something interesting because you know people seem to want to know how we come up with this stuff but solar fire uh that song we did like a basic bed track you know like something to write against and yeah i got on the mic and i, and I improvised which i do this a lot I, I got on the mic and just improvised some melodies without lyrics so it, what it ends up happening is i'll start scatting something it sounds like i'm singing a lyric but it's really not it's just you know it's some kind of made-up language but it's something to to get something across so That's interesting i'm singing the chorus and he goes wow solar fire and i said what because it sounds to me like you're singing solar fire. And I said, well, what does that even mean? So then we had this conversation <laughs> going back and forth. And, uh, you know, what, how are we going to do this? Well, you're, you know, you're, you're looking at solar fire, you're playing with solar fire. And then we thought, well, playing with solar fire sounds kind of interesting. So we just kind of threw ideas back and forth with, you know, writing words down and, and then the song just kind of comes together. So again, it's just this real, easy natural vibe that we have somehow you know that's cool so for like a podcast i talk about music but i also talk about people's sort of outside passions uh-huh and their hobbies yeah so is there is there anything you wanted to talk about oh man well you know i just do a lot of things around the house you know i'm always outside gardening and you know planting trees and i don't really have though like adrian has fish and he's really yeah. all about it i don't have 
you know, I, it was poker for a while before the pandemic hit, you know, I kind of missed that. I miss playing poker. What did you like about poker? You know, just, you know, more than anything, the social thing. I mean, the funny thing about poker, about playing cards is, you know, I know that I'm never going to win enough to really change my life, but I'll definitely lose enough to get pissed off. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh, and keep going back. Like, I, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm torturing myself. But what I really like, you know, I like the um, the strategy element, but I, I love the social thing. You know, there was years where, you know, I had a, a couple of guys that I was friendly with and they'd have games and, you know, we'd do one night at my house, one night at another guy's house. And, you know, I was playing three nights a week for a while. And, you know, sometimes I'd win, sometimes I'd lose. So, you know, I had to keep an eye on things. You know, I didn't want to get into an expensive habit. But, you know, the social element is what I really like. You know, just I've had games at my house where we'd play and all of a sudden the sun was coming up. I mean, <laughs> wow, really going at it. You know? But um, you know, it's a fun thing. And now, you know, with the pandemic you know i mean that'd be the ultimate way to spread covid and actually i remember when this first started the the pandemic covid yeah. my buddy who i used to play with said oh yeah i'm going down to play cards down on melrose you know there was a private game down there yeah. somewhere and then no sooner did he play i said to him on the phone i said dude i, I said i don't think i'm gonna go i said i don't know enough about this COVID thing. And that sounds like a great, you know, you got guys touching cards and touching money and touching this and that. I said, that, that sounds like something, uh, it's something that, you know, that's a bad idea. And so no sooner did I say that, you know, I find out like a month later, one of those guys ended up getting COVID. So yeah, it just, you know, that just, just fucked everything up basically. Yeah. It's been weird. I mean, I, I've, I'm a writer, so I'm good at burrowing and you're a musician, so you can be in your studio and, uh, you know, you, you, we spend a lot of time in the dark sometimes or, you know, right. <laughs> dimly lit environments. And for a lot of people, they don't like, I have friends that they, they don't like that. They're not used to it. It's interesting too. I was imagine you're a performer. So does that help your poker face at all? Well, you know, I have a reputation as a card player of being unpredictable and, you know, it's, part of my personality because by nature I've been told that I'm very unpredictable but you know it's a good thing in cards and it's something that I play into and so I'd be one of those people I don't want to reveal too much because now people are going to know all my secrets but yeah, of course, I'm, not yeah. playing, I'm not really playing tournaments anymore anyway so but I'm one of those people where like if I took down a big pot and it was on a bluff you know I might show my cards once in that particular night so now people will get it in their heads that if I bet big, that I'm full of shit. And so they'll call me, but I'll make sure the next time I act like that on a bet, you know, that I'm actually holding, you know, pocket aces. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and some people look at me like, oh, he doesn't have anything. And then when I win the hand, you know, with, with a full house, you know, aces over, you know, whatever, then they're like, they can't predict what I'm going to do. So that... I guess would be kind of my style. That's what I've been told anyway. It's like, you know, Kotsen, I don't know. He could have anything, you know, so, you know, people get a little leery of it. One of the problems I have in my, in my game is in tournament play, it's very interesting how I come in and I can get really hot and, and, and I'll end up at the final table. Oftentimes I end up at the final table somewhere along the line. 
I get bored. And it's weird. And I think it's almost because so much of what I like about the game isn't the game. It's the actual interaction with the people at the table. Yeah. It's the social element. So, you know, probably my weakness, you know, I think I'm a stronger player actually in a cash game because I, I have a good tournament play and I, I'm usually get to the final table and oftentimes I get in the money, but sometimes I just get to that point where I'm like, oh, I just want to get out of here. Now I'm just bored because I mean, you know, those tournaments can go on and on and on. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, you know, uh, I wanted to add something to that real quick. You know, one of the things when you when you said about being a writer and burrowing, you know, for me, you know, with this COVID staying home thing, more than anything, what I did miss is the social thing. You know, I, I'm fine staying home. I'm fine taking a break from touring. That was fine off the road. Miss it one bit. Not once did I long for the stage during this, but. I missed all that other stuff. You know, I have friends that have great barbecues and pool parties. We play yeah. volleyball in the swimming pool. And I go over to my friend's house and play poker and, you know, go, go into certain bars that I like to go to. I really, really miss that. I really, really miss that a lot. You know, I was thinking, you were telling me about poker and how you get bored. And I always remember that, that, that thing in the Simpsons where Homer, I think it's like, I think he gets arrested for drunk driving or whatever. And so he has to stop drinking. And so at one point he's with his friends at a baseball game. And they're all chugging beer except for him. And he goes, I never realized how boring this game really is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you also mentioned gardening. So you are, are you sort of a green thumb kind of guy? Or is it just more you just like to be around the backyard? No, as a matter, matter of fact, now my, my dad, one time at my previous house, I came back from Home Depot with a bunch of plants and he says to me, he was staying with me. He says, Oh, where are you going to kill those? <laughs> As if like, you know, like I just plant things and, and leave them to die. Um, but where I am now, I've got a lot of land and it's, it's not easy land cause it's a hill. And so, um, you know, we have this house and it's got ridiculous views of, of the Canyon. It's just gorgeous, but it's a lot of work a lot of maintenance and you know um i've been trying to keep it keep it clean because you know we're in a high risk zone because of fires and a few years ago the biggest fire ever to come through here came through here and yeah. when i bought this house i moved to the house in 2016 the only thing that i was worried is fire right and so i have a great relationship with the neighbor and it was her father who built her house and my house oh wow so that was kind of cool. cool i know everything about the place but i kept talking about the fire and that don't worry don't worry well doesn't the biggest fire of all time rip through our canyon and we had to evacuate and um i didn't know for two days if we had a house or not and there's a famous property that is a, the other neighbor uh where they shoot the video the bachelor the tv show so on the news they said bachelor mansions on fire and i said to julia i said forget it i said we're done oh, i wow. said There's no way and we found out that the house was still standing and we came back we had to sneak in through a secret way into the canyon we came up the driveway and there were four fires in the yard still burning i mean everything was smoke covered in smoke inside the house was all like soot and, and a smoky uh, haze and the fire came all the way up like within 10 feet of the back of the house and thank god nothing ignited on the house everything else 
trees, landscape, sprinkler system got destroyed. I mean, but magically, this house is here. It was just unbelievable. Um, but that ties me back to the gardening. So I am obsessed with keeping the brush under control. So, you know, every, I have a gardener, but I still go out there raking, pulling stuff up, make sure stuff's watered. And, you know, it's a full-time job. You know, once I get older, when I get too old to handle it, then maybe we'll move somewhere. But it's so beautiful here. We just love it so much. So uh, we just take care of it. So that, that, I guess, is a hobby in itself, is just maintaining uh, you know, keeping the property safe and, and, you know, yeah, keeping it from being a fire hazard, you know. So that teach you more about patience since things take a while to grow? You know, it, it teaches you about patience and not worrying about shit you can't control because I'm, I'm the worst. I'm one of those people, you know, I can get real caught up in if this, then that, what if this, then that. Yeah. And it, it's worked to my advantage in my career because I can kind of, position myself and prepare for things you know because in the music business you might have a year where you know you make an obscene amount of money and then you might have four years where you just don't make shit and so i've always been one of those guys that you know if i had a, a great year i don't assume that it's going to be like that every year and it's just a balance you know and so i've been pretty good with that sort of thing but you can get caught up in trying to worry too much about the future and then you miss the present. So it's a fine, fine dance you have to do. Do you think being a, a rock guy who's on noisy stages and in noisy environments a lot, it's important to live someplace peaceful? Yeah. You know, you can't live in a chaotic environment. That's for sure. And be creative. One of the things that I talk about is I have friends that are musicians that, that want to write, you know, um, I talk about this thing called, and I'm sure I'm not the only guy, but I talk about this thing called input versus output. And so for me, I need input in order to have output. And I have musician friends that just have to be on the road all the time. And they're always this it's constant output. And maybe it works for them. But for a guy like me to be inspired or to at least feel like I'm doing something of value with my artistic ideas yeah i need to take time away and i need input if that makes sense mm -hmm. so you know for me that can be what we were just talking about like saying no i'm not touring for four months and i'm i might not even record anything i'm going to go work in the yard and, and 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 redo some landscaping you see and then i'm out there in the yard and all of a sudden i got an idea for a song <laughs> you know what i mean i don't know or I just got to do something else so that yeah. I, I reset myself. What kind of landscaping have you been doing during the past year since you've had more time, clearly? Well, I built this crazy bench at, at, up by the flagpole that looks like something that would be like that maybe like the Manson family had a hand in building. It's this very crude, huh. creepy looking wooden <laughs> like observation bench. And uh, that, that was one of my 2020 builds. And I put like a brick patio up there. That's a very small thing, but you can walk up there and sit there and look out into the canyon and watch the sunset. Sure. Kind of looks out over the house. So that was, that was a job for me. You know, um, I have, uh, we have a massive attic here with, with a super high ceiling. I mean, yeah. 
the ceiling is massive up there. And so I started uh, pulling stuff out of there, redoing some of the electric in order to uh, to make room to put a, a room up there that, that I want to create for Julia, for her studio. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of tools for construction. So that's another one of my hobbies. I'm always building something at the, the last place I was at. I, I did some work there. But uh, here I'm uh, I'm trying to work out this attic so that we... Um, we had a, a place for her to make like a studio to, to, to do her work. Cause right now she's got her stuff set up in the bedroom and it doesn't bother me, right. but I think she'd like something a little more private. Uh, she doesn't, you know, she needs to do any kind of real crazy stuff. She can do it in my studio. I mean, crazy, like she needs to record, you know, drums or something like that. She just comes downstairs and use mine, but you know, she's got, my wife is a great songwriter. A lot of people know Julia as a bass player. She was in a very famous band in Brazil called Baja de Saia. And I mean, uh -huh. she had her face on the side of buses. I mean, real a big time band in Brazil. And uh, she came, you know, she gave that up to be with me. So we have to question her sanity. But uh, <laughs> she's a great writer. She's a great writer. And so she's been really writing. Like During the pandemic, she's the one that really has been shining. I mean, she's got some songs there that are sensational. I mean, just incredible songs. And so she's been recording basic tracks all year. And so I want to make a place for her that's, you know, a little more sophisticated than what she's got. Uh, so that's what I've been working on, trying to build out that that part of the house, which it's going to take a, a bit of strategic work because it is in the attic and we've got to reinforce some things. But it can be done. So that's, that's what I'm looking at. So home improvements as well. Home improvement. Home Depot has been a great stock for me this year. So what kind of satisfaction do you get out of all these things? I think it's all, it all ties into the creative process. And I've said this before, you know, it doesn't have to be music for me. Like, you know, I could be building a tree house and at the end of it, if I build a good tree house, I get the same kind of satisfaction out of that as I do out of writing a song. Now I don't reap the same rewards if it's a successful song. You know, I can make a great treehouse, and that's all it's all that's all it's ever going to be. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's all, it's a similar thing. And my father was very much a creative guy, not necessarily in music, although right. he did dabble with the piano and the saxophone. Uh, my father is extremely creative. Uh, in, in building, in remodeling, his new hobby now, he makes lights out of saxophones. He sells them, ships them all over the country, and, and people love them. Um, my friend Jerry Cantrell has one in his house. Uh, I got one for a couple other musician friends of mine. So that's my dad's latest creative outlet. But I think that's really where I get it from. I get that kind of, I can't just sit around and, and do nothing. I just, I can't do it. I got to do something. Um, you know, music is it for me. That's my outlet. But right. when I don't have a song idea. You know, look out. I got a hammer in hand and I'm wearing a tool belt. See if I can go do some damage with that. I think everyone should have a creative outlet, regardless of whether it's their vocation or not. A way to express yourself other than what you do. Mm -hmm. It's important to get away. If your main thing is music, you got to get away from it. To, to have fresh ideas because after a while you're just regurgitating yeah you know that 
that's that's at least for me and everybody's different i suppose yeah it's true and i mean I, even with writing you know i feel like i i do a lot of writing i'm an i'm an art guy so i'm always reading something watching something listening to something i'm always absorbing but you know it's good i miss traveling that's the thing i really miss the most i like when i would go on trips on junkets you know i wouldn't just go like cover a metal band in europe i wouldn't just go to a rock club i would go to museums i'd go to restaurants i'd wander around the city i love doing that just right get out and go and see what you see what you discover that was the one thing that made touring with my solo band a lot easier as opposed to the winery dogs. And what I mean by that, you know, with the, with the winery dogs, you know, Billy and Mike really have been around the world so many times that yeah. they, you know, when they get to, to their room, they just kind of want to chill, which I understand that that makes sense. But with my solo group, when we were touring and we toured a lot more than the winery dogs, but when we would go out, those guys were a lot younger. And so everything was new. Yeah. And so we'd get somewhere and they'd like, okay, let's go. Let's walk. Let's get our steps in. And they'd want to get in, you know, 15,000 steps in a day. And so I'd go tag along with them and, and see, you know, we'd walk all over Serbia. We'd walk all over, you know, wherever we were, you yeah. know, and, and just take it in. And that was good for me to do that, especially on the road. Because, man... The, the road thing can be maddening when you're just sitting in a room waiting for the gig. I mean, for me, it's almost, I mean, yeah. I don't know how I do it. You know, I just, and the thought of actually doing it again is a little bit like I get anxiety. So I, I think the key for me when I tour is I got to get out. I got to walk around and take in some things and you know, just move my body, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. My pleasure. And hopefully you'll be getting back to some poker and some uh, and volleyball and other things in the near future. I, I know. I, I hope so. I sure do miss it. Yeah, it's an interesting time. But, uh, well, hopefully we'll see you on the road some point soon. That's what I said, everybody. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. That wraps up the latest Side Jams. Please join me next for episode number 50, which will feature pop evil drummer Haley Kramer. As always, my theme music comes from Fox and the Law, licensed through AudioSocket. Thank you very much for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. 
FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.